everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Soba. Busy Living Soba. Good morning. Good morning. We're one day late, and I'm sorry about that. I'd like to be on time. But we're not a dollar short. But we're not a dollar short. Ah. It's okay. It's okay. We're here. We're all good. You know, it's um, it's gratitude month. It's November. It's gratitude month. We are in episode 138, 138 ep- episodes. Can you believe that, JF? Wow. You just keep, you're like the little train that couldn't. I just keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, the real reason I do it is because I just want one other person to feel like that they don't have to be underneath the prison of alcohol and drugs. Because that's really what it was like, a prison. Do you agree? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it was really just, it was a prison. I didn't realize it was a prison. I mean, if you had asked me when I was drinking, was it a prison? I'm like, are you kidding me? It's my freedom. It is the thing that gets me get up and dance, even though I can't really dance and sing, but I can't really sing and do all these things. And it gave me this freedom, which was all big fat lie. Cause it really was all I thought about was when I was could get it again rather than. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's a, a limiter for sure. It limits your options. And when your only option is, oh, I think I'll go out and party. It's that's it. That's it. That's your option. It's not very exciting. No. No. In the the long run, it's really not. It's kind of bummer. Like, but you don't know until you know, right? Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I don't think I really realized what had happened to me until it was over. Right? You know, because it just, you know, it's like everything in life. It's, you know, I mean, I guess it's like when you, um, you know, you, you have friends and you don't see their kids for a while or their puppy for a while or whatever. You're like, oh my God, they grew so much. <laughs> and the people that are around them all the time, you know, they really, yeah, I guess they did, you know? And it's the same thing with your life. It's, it's like, you know, oh my God, it stinks so bad. And, uh, but you really didn't realize it while it was happening because it just happens gradually, you know? It's just gradually gets worse and worse. It gradually gets smaller and smaller and, and, uh, you know, you really don't know until, until you're done, until I was finished. I was like, wow, that life had gotten to be very tiny. The cage was very little. It is. It's like prison. Mm-hmm. Right? But it takes until you look back. And it's always, um, it's always, it's the word introspective. And um, when you look back in time and you reflect on what has gone on in your life and when you get to this place where you can be, calm and quiet and realize like, oh my gosh, like, wow, what a ride for one. Number two, wow, um, you know, no having no regrets, having no regrets about the past, which is a huge thing. Do you agree? Yeah, well, it's no sense in regretting it. It's over and done with. You know, that's my attitude. Can't get it back. You can't. And it's like, I can sit around and and it's just wasted time, you know. I mean, why be upset about something that's that can't be undone? It's foolish. You may as well just turn yourself around and look in the opposite direction, right? Yeah. So they say you can just take it all as a learning experience. Well, fine. So it's a learning experience. It's all good. And uh, it doesn't matter because here I am. 
because here I am. And um, I've been thinking about, I don't know, I got up early. As all of you know, we're in Florida now. And um, I got up really early and I went to the beach and the sun was coming up. And oh my gosh. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. Beautiful. And um, I think about God a lot, you know, and I think that, you know, we're in a 12-step program which talks about God a lot, which makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And it's really... But it also makes a lot of other people very comfortable, so... It does. It works both ways. It works both ways. But you know what? I was listening to this and, and not to... Uh, and I, I, I'm not trying to be... I'm not... Uh, whatever. I'm not, I'm not looking for judgment, but if you ju- want to judge me, go ahead. So I was listening to Joel Osteen's interview or his... When he was on with... Um, Kanye West was on you know, Joel Osteen this past Sunday... And Kanye West made a really good point. You know, he said, you can drive around and see billboards that talk about sex, right? And, you know, gambling and alcohol, because alcohol is a spirit and, you know, all these things. And it's really hard for people to talk about God. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard and it makes people to feel uncomfortable to talk about religion. Like for me to even talk about all of this on a public forum for me is hard. And when I was asking my husband to do this today, I was thinking, oh my gosh, how is he going to take this? Because, you know, it's been a journey. I don't know if I've had that large of a journey because I've always believed in God and I've always had a faith, somewhat of a faith, because it's the only thing that's gotten me through my life is knowing that there is something out there that's bigger and better than me and has an idea of what's going to happen in my life. Like, I've always believed in God. I've always believed in God. And that's, I I guess that's, I'm going to sum it up and not go into much more detail about that. But coming into where my faith has gotten stronger the longer that I've gotten sober because I have this ability to see God working in my life. Like, and having this faith has given me such a richer life. And I want to talk to you about your faith because I know we both came from different kind of, of a little bit, like you weren't forced to go to a Catholic church every Sunday and at, like, we're going to church, we're going to church, we're going to church, with, whether or not we wanted to or not, we were going. And as a family, that's what we did, even though we didn't really, you know, whatever, as chaotic and dramatic as it was every time, we went and we did that. And that, of course, you know, and I was raised Catholic, so that was a totally different thing than you were raised and everything else. So how you were raised and your belief and then coming into the program. I mean, will you talk to us about that? Sure. First of all, I was thinking when you were saying that story that Kanye should drive his car around the Carolinas a little bit. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot more billboards boards there about God than there is about the other stuff. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, true. <laughs> no doubt about that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I was, uh, I was uh, raised a Presbyterian and, um, my uh, mother took me to church when I was young, very young, and then we just sort of stopped going, and we only went, like, I think like a lot of people, we went for, uh, you know, special occasions, which were weddings and funerals and uh, uh, christenings, and that was pretty much it. Um, you know, I had a little bit of, I went to uh, Bible camp in the summers for a couple of years when I was a young young kid, and... and uh, and that was my pretty much my exposure to it. My father was um, very intellectual, and he spent a fair amount of his time as life being a uh, an atheist. So wow. he was he was an atheist when 
when I was a young man. Um, and then, uh, of course, my father said, it's funny thing about atheism is that the older you get, uh, the less atheist you become. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he said, yeah, you know, you, I kind of, uh, he, he changed a lot in his life as he got older. And, uh, I, I think he was looking for, uh, as he said, he was looking for options. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's inescapable that there is something bigger and better than, than, uh, than us humans. And, um, you know, I was, um, I, because my father was very intellectual, I felt like I was very intellectual. Um, so I was, uh, I was a, uh, I was atheist while I was, uh, a, a teenager, but I really wasn't, you know, it's just, <laughs> just something that I said I was, I really didn't care that much to be quite honest with you. Um, I was much more involved in myself and I was not that interested in anything else. But, um, as I got older, um, and became, I don't know, it's two, I guess a couple things happened to me that, that sort of really, uh, you know, got me really thinking about God and, and, uh, or at least some, some sort of, uh, universal, uh, uh, intelligence. And one was, you know, when my, my children were born and, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of magic that seems to come from, um, a, a brand new, uh, intellect that comes into, uh, the world. And, you know, you think, gosh, where did that come from? Um, and it seems like there has to be something a little more going on than just the random, uh, occurrence of events that, uh, you know, as they talk about all this Darwinism and uh, um, evolution that eventually got to uh, humanity through, is the, the way I understand evolution, through just through sheer accident, really. It doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like there has to be some sort of intelligence behind that. So that was one thing. And then, um, you know, another thing was I, I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of reading on uh, um, archaeology believe it or not. And, um, and I thought it was so interesting that there was, uh, there seemed to be a lot of, there's a lot of gaps in the, uh, archeological record as things evolve. It seems like things got to a certain point and then all of a sudden they would, um, change dramatically very quickly into sort of something else. So I felt like there was something behind all that. So that was sort of my entree into, um, you know, believing that there was, uh, some sort of, as I thought at the time, a, you know, a universal intelligence that was sort of guiding things. And I still believe that. I still believe that things are guided by, by a higher power. I just, at that time, I never really thought or considered that, um, you know, that I as an individual could potentially, uh, you know, connect with or tap into that intelligence, higher power, God, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's, I just assume that this, whatever this was, was interested in very big events. I mean, after all, it's running an entire universe. And, uh, you know, what am I in the scope of the universe? Um, and, but what I learned um, as I got more and more into spirituality, and a lot of it I learned from, you know, working with people in a 12-step program was that, um, that I actually could be connected to this thing. And, uh, you know, and the way that I found that was probably the way that you found it, 
was that um, I, as I became more aware myself, um, you know, I could see things happening in my life that were uh, seen that to be, uh, you know, when I looked at it closely, much more than just uh, random occurrences. Um, you know, that there was uh, something that was guiding my life or guiding the lives around me. Um, and that, you know, to say, you know, to use the word coincidence just wasn't working for me anymore. And, uh, you know, and I can see that in, in, in all kinds of different ways, but you know, one of the ways that I see it, that's, you know, really means a lot to me is just the way that I met you. Um, <laughs> you know, cause I wouldn't have, uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't actively going out seeking to meet you. Um, and just the way it worked out was, you know, seemed like coincidence, you know, or was it, you know, I think it probably wasn't. I, don't, I t agree with you a hundred percent. It's just, it's how we met. Um, and you, it, it wasn't a random people? current of events and, uh, you know, and so here we are, you know, a, a married couple and, you know, and I, I thank God for that. You know, I feel like, um, the, the path was was there for me to walk down so that I could meet you. And, uh, you know, and, and that's because of him. So, you know, and on and on and on. There's so much more in my life where, you know, where I can see that. And so will you go into how we met? Because I don't know. You, I've probably talked about it, but maybe you should give the story just in case somebody's never heard it. And this is their first time listening to our podcast. And they're like, what is he talking about? How they met? How did they meet? Well, you know, it's... It's, uh, so it, it, you know, it turns out we didn't live very far apart. Um, you know, we were how many like miles? About, about 20 miles apart, but it was far enough apart that our circles didn't, uh, they didn't overlap at all. Um, and we were both in recovery for, you know, a, a decent amount of time when we met. <clears throat> um, but the way we met was, you know, through match.com. <laughs> Groovematch.com. And if it wasn't for, you know, match.com, we would have never met. Well, and I think that when I look back to it today, you know, is that the, the crazy thing about it was, is that, you know, I was raised and I think a lot of people are raised in this country to be all about the outside, right? And um, it's about where you live and getting the right things and it's about things and living in the right neighborhood. It's about things. It's about exterior things. I guess if you're, you're speaking of the illusion of success. The illusion of success is, is exterior things. And so I was raised think with that and I was about the outside and you know, so when I went and I put my pro, when I went in with my dear friend Jane, um, I, uh, my friend Jane and I were writing this and she's like totally, she actually wrote it and she's like, okay, what do you want to say? Do you want to say this? Do you want to say that? And I'm like, okay, there's no ink. I don't want any tattoos. I don't want any tattoos. I don't want any tattoos. And she's like, okay. So I like had it in bold print, no tattoos, no ink. And when JF was sent to me as a match, uh, if, for those of you who have never done Match.com, they send you people that they think that you're matched to, right? Right. And they say that you're like a 98% or whatever percent. So they said we were definitely a match. And um, they said that, uh, so they sent me him as a match. And he was standing there looking as dapper as JF does. 
and he was wearing a beautiful suit and his arms were crossed, absolutely as handsome as he is. And I was like, ooh, who's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> I winked at him, which is what you do to let somebody know that you're interested. And I winked at him and he promptly responded to my wink with a email telling me, thank you for your wink, but I not only have one tattoo, I have many. Which, if I were still, like, that intrigued me. And I still remember today thinking, I remember reading it going, oh my gosh, who is this person? <laughs> that actually just questioned my my that I, you know I think I look I don't want to judge myself in a negative way but I think that I was so sheltered and so fearful of what tattoos meant and what that was so different from where I was whatever that I didn't want to get involved in it but in reality it was totally God putting you in my life because it from that day forward I haven't been scared of like I'm it just it inches away you know what it, it, it like I can chip it away the the fear of things that aren't that I don't know mm-hmm. and that are different. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Um, yeah, I think that um, you know it's. Uh, I think it's part of living this. I guess part of living the spiritual life is trying to be uh, open-minded, and part of open-mindedness is you know as trying to is trying to connect. I don't know, trying to connect to other people on humanness. And not on race, creed, color, uh, perceived level of income, education, or anything else. But just that this is, I'm a human and that other person's a human. I can connect with that person just on that little piece of humanity if I want to. If I'm willing. Yeah, it's, well, it's just up, exactly. It's up to me if I want to or not. So I don't have to be um, so sheltered. And it's funny because you started out your... Uh, conversation about talking about how uh your uh your your active uh, addiction was like a prison for you um and uh i find for myself that <clears throat> if i am living a life where i'm lacking um uh, open-mindedness and acceptance then it's the same thing my life becomes smaller and smaller and smaller if I only want to, um, you know, if I only want to be around people that are acceptable to me, I can make that a very small group of people. Um, you know, for me personally, ultimately that group becomes a group of one. It becomes myself, you know, if I pursue it to, to its very end. So, you know, if I want to have a, uh, a rich, rewarding life, which I know that God wants me to have, um, you know, I need to walk out my door every morning, um, and think that, um, I, I'm a, uh, I'm just a, an empty vessel as I move through my day. And, uh, I want to, uh, be as open-minded as I possibly can. And that will get me, uh, that will open as many doors as, 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 as there are for me. So I've learned, like, I, I'm, as I've gotten older, I've learned that I want 
in my life anyway, I want to have a life where I have more options, not less options. And what I've learned, what I've really learned, the real thing about spirituality for me, and you've heard this many times, is that, you know, if I'm connected to this power, this, this higher power, this universal whatever, or God, whatever you want to call it, that is infinite, uh, then I connect myself to infinity. I connect myself to an infinite number of possibilities for my life. You know, if I put that aside and rely on myself as a human being, as great as I think that my intellect and my imagination is, it's finite. Um, and I can only do what I can imagine when I'm with just with me. Um, and my life has become about the unimaginable, you know, if I, so I don't want to be limited. I don't want to be in that little prison anymore. You know, I want to open myself up to all the universe's possibilities, which are infinite. And, uh, that's my goal every morning when I get started. It truly is. And it takes time to get here. Well, and it doesn't matter because I, I go back and forth all day long, you know, because I do. <laughs> I'm a human being, you know, I have an ego and I, I, as soon as I, but as soon as I take my will back, I start limiting my life. I really do. And, uh, you know, and I, then I have to let it go again and then I take it back again and then I have to let it go again. Cause you know what? Cause it's like part of the, one of the biggest challenges for me of, of trying to live the open life is like, what about when things don't go the way I want them to, even though I'm not really thinking about how I want things to go. But I know like if I go outside and my car doesn't start, it's already not going the way I wanted it to go. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even though I didn't think about it. Um, you know, so I have to, uh, I have to put myself in the mindset of what sort of an opportunity is God providing me by having my car not starting, you know, and that's the change that I have to make. Um, you know, I have to learn how to be, <clears throat> grateful and accepting of whatever comes my way, um, even if it feels like a challenge. And life is full of challenges. You know, I mean, in the, in the simplest sense, sometimes the internet doesn't work. You know, <laughs> in the worst sense, sometimes people die unexpectedly. And it's just, a, you know, they're just life's challenges, you know, and it's, it's up to me. Do I want to let that go and say, okay, what I've learned is that if, if I really believe that everything is in God's world is God's will and it's always perfect just the way it is, then I need to accept that, you know? And when I do, guess what? I have a great day. It doesn't matter that the internet didn't work. It's sad that somebody died. Um, but I have, I have peace and serenity and that's all I'm really looking for. Right. Right. Um, so it's all, it really comes down to my level of acceptance and, uh, and that's something else that ebbs and flows all day long. You know, sometimes I'm pissed because <laughs> God damn it, somebody used the last piece of toilet paper 
and here I am. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's um it's interesting because talking about this, I mean the more the longer we've been sitting here, the more you know, more and more I get comfortable talking about it because it's um it's such a personal thing. And but it's such an amazing thing. And it's such an amazing thing to talk about with friends when you can. You know, I was sitting, we were sitting at a dinner party on Sunday night at some friends, and we were all talking about spirituality, we were talking about religion, but we weren't talking about it in a way that we all meet in the same congregation, and we go to the same building, and we go and we do the same thing. It's just, because we don't. I, we, everybody that was sitting there, I think, was a different religion. And, but we were talking about the spirituality, and the having that in our lives, and the freedom that gives to be able to talk about it is just so amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And that is something that I did not think that I was going to get when I was getting sober. Because I thought that when I was getting sober, it was going to be about totally not drinking. But it's totally way more about more than that than not drinking. It's about getting in tune with you. It's owning your own stuff. It's being comfortable in your own skin. You know, we had a dear friend that passed away. And he had gotten sober. And... uh you know, he was very close, very close friend of ours. And he had been a big drinker, a very large drinker. And he did not want anybody to know that he was an alcoholic. He did not want anybody to know. He didn't, his sisters don't know, his parents don't know, his kids don't know, his in-laws didn't know. No one knew except for a small, finite group of people. But during this time, he when he came in to the program and, uh, you know, and was not the place he wanted to go. It wasn't the usual spot that you would have found this person. You would have found him maybe at a fa- fine, fine pla- establishment that the top echelon of Americans go to. But he ended up coming to, a, uh, you know, God forbid, a basement of a church. And um, he found in his life this religion and this spirituality that was so far profound and it happened so quickly and it was such an amazing thing to watch. You know, he passed away. I mean, he got diagnosed with a severe cancer and he died within what, six weeks of being diagnosed two months. And, um, it was profound to watch that and to know that, you know, God, I, I, I'm, I, we have a picture of him in our living room with his wife. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking over at the picture and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if he hadn't gotten sober, if he hadn't realized like, oh my gosh, the gig is up, I cannot drink like this anymore or something really bad is going to happen. So I've got to get help. And he asked for help. And along that journey of finding help, he found this peace and serenity that people long for all the time. Which then when he was on his path, he was okay with God and whatever God's plan was. Mm -hmm. It was a gift to watch. It was a gift to have him in my life as, as short of a time as it was. But it's like all those little things, like we walk around life and we're so worried about the, like, you know, I went to, when I, again, back to the sunrise this morning, you know, I saw that and I'm like, oh my gosh, to think that people think there is no God. I mean, like, how are all those colors there? And, you know, what a gift it is to have God in our lives. Well, yeah. And I think that, um, 
I think what you're scratching at is, you know, a big part of it is, you know, <clears throat> what, it, especially with addicts, it's a constant search of what's going to make me happy. What, so yeah. you could have gotten up this morning and say, is it going to be a new Gucci purse? And, <laughs> you know, and then you get, you get fixated on that and nothing is good. You're not going to be happy until you get it. And then you get it and you're still not happy. Or you're happy for five minutes and then you're on right. to the next thing. You know, or is it going out and watching the sunrise and, and being connected to this universal spirit? That's what's going to make you happy, ultimately. There's no thing, there's nothing outside of me that's going to make me happy. There's no drug, there's no drink, there's no automobile, there's no relationship there's no person there's no nothing that's going to make me happy uh the only thing that's going to make me happy the only is when i'm content with where i am and who i am and i get that through my relationship with this higher power with this higher power so if you're listening and you're like oh my gosh this is so daunting i don't want a higher power i don't believe in god i don't like all this god stuff that they talk about and it sounds like it's not what i'm looking for i just want to quit drinking and feel happy (laughs) which is what everybody wants which i think there's something you say all the time which is what all you wanted to do was what quit drinking and not get in trouble well you didn't want to quit drinking you just didn't want to get in trouble i didn't want to get in trouble anymore so you know i mean that's that was my bottom line. Um, I had no interest in not drinking because that was like what I thought was the only thing that made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> me too. That's it. You know, but I, 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 I don't want to get into my story, but I came to realize that um, that wasn't the case. You know, and, uh, you know, I haven't gotten in trouble because of uh, drinking in a long, long time. Um, I get in trouble all the time because of my will, but I'm a human. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. Um, but I have found real happiness. I've found peace. I've found contentment. I've found all that stuff. But it's like everything, like I said before, it ebbs and flows all day long, every day. So I'm content now. I'm sure that I can be very discontent <laughs> in, in about the next ten. five minutes. Um, but then I can be content again if I choose. Yeah. Well, we want to say, because we will be on next week, and um, but I do want to say if, to everyone that's listening, if you aren't going to be in tune next week because you're traveling or doing whatever, we want you to have the most blessed, amazing Thanksgiving. Um, we have kids coming in, and we're, I, I know I'm just, I'm so excited to be have chaos, kids around, and lots of food and all the rest of it. And um, if you are listening, you can get through this holiday season without drinking. I know, I know it's like we, this is what we call the beginning of what, of the Bermuda Triangle with uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Um, please don't drink. Please don't drink. Please don't drink. You can do it one day at a time. You can do it one minute at a time, one second at a time. Do, you are not alone, but know that you don't have to die You don't, from this disease. You, There is a solution. You are not alone. Reach out. Please reach out and know that we're so, just, you know, write to me. I will write you back. I promise. And um, just know that, you know, gratitude. If you, a, a great, they say a grateful 
alcoholic will not drink. And if you can look at the gratitude of the fact that you can even have ears to listen to this podcast, that you actually have something to listen to it on a cell phone or whatever it is, those little things. But though, if you start at those little things, your life will be expand and you'll have so many things to be grateful for. And, um, just don't let the alcohol win. Don't let it win. Because your life can be beyond your wildest dreams. And until next week, keep getting busy living super. Bye-bye.